All right. Well, we are in week five of our series that we're calling The Helper. And what we decided to do as a team as we were talking about this, we really wanted to focus on what Luke had to say about the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of Luke. Now, Luke is one of the main four first Gospels in the New Testament. It talks about Jesus' life. But Luke is very interesting because he really focuses on Holy Spirit interaction throughout the whole book. And then Luke went on to write Acts, which is another New Testament book as well. And so we're kind of taking a look at Acts and also Luke at the same time to see what Luke has to say about Holy Spirit. Right off the get-go, we talked about the Christmas story. We had Christmas in July here. And we talked on how Holy Spirit filled and overshadowed so many people in, in that Christmas story. And, and I'd never taken a look at the Christmas story like that before. So that was kind of a neat time. And then we, ta- we saw how Holy Spirit showed up in Jesus' baptism. And then we looked at Jesus' time in the wilderness and that Jesus was led into the wilderness by Holy Spirit. But Jesus was filled with Holy Spirit going in and also coming out of that wilderness experience. And through the whole temptation time, Holy Spirit was sustaining Jesus in the wilderness. And then last week we took, about, we took a look about the anointing, uh, the fact that Jesus was anointed to do several things And we also talked about, you know what, as Christians, we're anointed to do those exact same things when we rely upon Holy Spirit power in our lives. Now we're in week five. So if you missed any of those messages, you can go online or you can get the app and you can go back and listen to those podcasts because they're all there for you. Today's question I'm going to start off with is, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? That's a quite, I mean, we can be afraid of a lot of things. I didn't talk to my wife, Jean, about this, so this is going to take her by surprise. I'm going to tell a little story about Jean right now. <laughs> hey! <laughs> so many of you know we went on vacation earlier in the year, and we took some time, and we snorkeled in the ocean, and we did all kinds of fun stuff on the beach. But, you know, Jean is afraid a little bit of the ocean when she can't see the bottom of the ocean floor. It's a little unnerving for her, but she's a trooper, and so she goes out there, and, and we have fun in the surf and all that kind of stuff. And, and we snorkel, like I made mention. So we go out a little further, not too far, but we go out snorkeling. Because if you know anything about snorkeling, you kind of have to be around rocks and reefs anyways. So it's not like you're out in deep water. But you're out from the shore. And, 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 and Jean always tells me, now, you know, I'm going to tap you on her shoulder probably and, and tell you I have to go. And I'm like, yes, I know you're going to do that. And so sure enough, we're out there snorkeling, having fun. We're out about 10 or 15 minutes. I get the tap, 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 and I look up, and she's like, I'm going to go back for a minute. I'm like, absolutely. So I kind of watch her swim back. It's because Jean freaks once in a while when she's out in the ocean like that. It's just she, you know, just something overcomes her and she freaks. So I know I'm going to get the tap, 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 and she'll go back. And then 10 minutes later, I get another tap, tap, because now she's here with us again. So it's kind of awesome. She just freaks for a moment, regains everything, and comes back out and says, I can do this. You know, that's probably another message point, but I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that. But what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of spiders? A lot of people are. Are you afraid of fireworks? My dog is. I don't know. Maybe you're afraid of that. Maybe you're afraid of the dark. Some people don't like to be in basements when it's dark because of all those scary movies that you as teenagers went and watched. Why did you do all that, right? You screwed it all up for the rest of your life. You're afraid of the dark. Or maybe earthquakes in Bozeman and Manhattan area. Maybe you're afraid of an 
economic downturn. There's been a lot of news about that recently. Or maybe, and I hate to go here, and you guys are probably going to boo me, but what about winters in Montana? I know. We're really close, guys. We're quick. We got a couple more few weeks, you know. We can always pray for that Indian summer. It's around the corner. It's going to be in the 80s again. I know it. But would you be surprised if I told you that some people are afraid of the Holy Spirit? Some people are afraid of Holy Spirit. Pastor Jeff, who's one of the pastors down in Bozeman, and he comes up here periodically and speaks. Great guy. We'd love to have him. He said that growing up, he was afraid of Holy Spirit because when he was growing up, he read out the King James Version. And if you know how the Holy Spirit's defined in the King James Version, it's the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> and everybody knows ghosts are really scary. So Jeff was, was pretty scared of ghosts, and so he was kind of turned off and scared of Holy Spirit. But listen, nearly all of us would agree that, that God is a good, good Father. We talked about that in one of our songs. We sung it this morning, and, 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 and I hope you enjoyed that time because, man, that song really got deep into my heart and my spirit that God is good. He is good. Oh, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to do it. He is good, though. And I think that we would also agree that the good Father only gives us things that are good for us. A good father only gives gifts to his kids that are good for them. And I would say here this morning that Holy Spirit is a good gift. But if Holy Spirit is a good gift, then why are some people afraid of the topic of Holy Spirit? I don't know what your upbringing is like. I don't know where you've been in your faith walk with God. But I know that some people are afraid because they've seen Holy Spirit gifts abused in the past. And I don't know the motives of people. I mean, I can't distinguish that. And, and I don't know, maybe some good things came out of it. I, you know, I, I don't know. But I remember growing up in the 70s, we had a, a, a band of stations called UHF. How many people remember UHF stations? A few of us around here, right? Everybody else is like, what? There's a cable connected to my TV. I don't know what you're talking about. That was before cable. But on these UHF stations, a lot of times you would see some religious programming where people would get hit in the head by a hand and then they'd fall all over the place. Or here's a good one, guy would take off his jacket and go like this. And like bowling pins, people would all fall down. Now, I'm, I'm kind of making light of it, but like I said, I, I don't know what came out of that. Maybe some fruit did, you know, maybe, may, maybe it did. But that turns people off of those TV preachers or people barking like a dog. I've seen that before on TV. Or roaring like a lion. I don't know. I know weird things happen when the spiritual intersects with the physical world. I know weird things happen. But to me, some of that was showmanship. And that would turn people off of Holy Spirit. Maybe some people are afraid because they think they'll get out of control. You know, maybe they'll just fall down all of a sudden. Or maybe they will shake uncontrollably. I've seen that before. Like I said, some of these things are real things that happen in people's lives. And, and it, it helps 
changed their life. And so I'm not mocking it, but I'm just saying these are maybe some reasons why people are afraid of Holy Spirit. Some people might be afraid because maybe they think that God won't give them a gift. What if I ask God for the gift of maybe speaking in tongues or a gift of prophecy or healing and he doesn't give me that gift? What if I'm such a bad person that God won't give me any Holy Spirit gift at all? That could be a fear that some people have. And the last one I make mention of is is maybe some people are afraid because they've been told that some of these things are of the devil. I don't know if you've heard that before. I know that there has been some people that have taught at different places that speaking in tongues particularly is actually comes from the devil. Like I said, I don't know what your experience has been, but I'm here to set the record straight today. And we're going to discuss this Holy Spirit for a little bit, for a little while. Here's the one thing that you need to remember. Each one of us needs to remember this as we walk through this teaching today is that our good Father gives us a good gift. Our good Father gives us a good gift, and that good gift is Holy Spirit. And it's exactly what Jesus promised as well. Now, we're going to be reading 13 verses today in Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 11. So if you want to fire up those devices and head there, I'm going to have some of the stuff up on the screen today. But if you'd like to follow along on your tablet or your phone, please go ahead. And we're going to specifically talk. Here's a spoiler alert. We're going to specifically talk about Jesus is teaching his disciples about Holy Spirit. So keep that in mind as we read through this. So I'm in Luke 11, and I'm going to read 1 through 13 is where we're headed today. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, it's interesting to find out that Jesus, right after he finished praying, he goes into this discourse. Keep that in mind as well. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples on how to pray. And Jesus said this, This is how you should pray. Now, remember, the Lord's Prayer is a model. It's not a script for prayer that we're just supposed to recite all the time. But it's a great model for us to take a look at the different things that Jesus tells us to pray. He continues to say, Father, may your name be kept holy. Now, this is out of Luke. A lot of times we read the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew, and it's very, very similar, but some of the language is just the words are a little bit different, but it's the same thing coming through in Luke. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. I just want to stop there for a second. What food is Jesus talking about here? Not just tomorrow's tacos. He's talking also about living bread. And Jesus talks about that as well in other parts of the New Testament. Living bread, which is really spirit food for us. Spirit food for our souls. Every day we need food to sustain us. We, need ta- we had tacos last night. Gene made awesome tacos last night. So we need food to sustain us in our bodies physically. But every day we need Holy Spirit to sustain our spirits as well. Moving on. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So we can use this 
as a model for prayer in our lives, things to keep in mind, things to pray about. Forgiveness, always good. That the Lord would take care of us, take care of our needs, and that we give honor to God first and we put him where he belongs as Lord of our lives. Excellent teaching. But then Jesus continues and he goes on to say this, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. (laughs) That would be crazy, (laughs) first of all. I don't know if I've ever had a knock in my door at midnight about three loaves of bread. But you, you say to your friend, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing to eat. And suppose the friend, the neighbor, calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Have you ever read that before? That's awesome. Jesus is telling us to be persistent, shamelessly, to go knock on a neighbor's house and get food. Well, no, not exactly, but he is talking about persistence, is he not? God responds to persistence in prayer. That's one of the things we're learning here today. From this, we see that God responds to persistence in prayer. Now, this presents a little bit of a problem, and I want to talk about this straightforward, straight away. Have you ever prayed and prayed and prayed and not gotten what you prayed for? Yes, I'm sure we all have, but hang on. This will make more sense in light of when we get to the end of Jesus' teaching. So we do learn that God responds to persistence in prayer. Uh, But guess what? He's not talking about tomorrow's tacos once again. Let's continue because Jesus does. He says this, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Once again, we see that we're talking about persistence in prayer. We're seeing that God responds to persistence in prayer. So keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Those are the things we're learning here about our prayer life. So if I keep on praying for that beautiful Porsche 718 Boxster Spider, I'm eventually going to get it, right? No, hang on. Because now Jesus gets to the point. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Instead, no, we would not, right? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So is Jesus talking about food again here? It kind of seems like he's talking about food. But, but hang on, the dismount is coming right here. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Boom. Ten. Dismounts a ten. That's exactly, that's what we have right here. So now do you see it? He's talking about spirit food. He's talking about Holy Spirit in our lives. He uses the physical to talk about the spiritual. Very interesting that Jesus does that. We all need tacos, like I said. I feed my body with them but I also feed my body with Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he's teaching on prayer. 
I want you to miss the point, though. If you desire the gifts of Holy Spirit, or, or maybe better put, if you desire to be used by God to your full potential, God responds to persistence in prayer. So we need to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Now we're talking about gifts of Holy Spirit. And I want to make a definition or, or a dividing line right now. Don't be confused. When we ask for forgiveness of sins, when we ask for Jesus to clean us from the inside out, we learn that we become the temple of Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit resides in us. We call that an indwelling. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that's powerful. And that's what helps us stay on track. And that's what changes us from the inside out. That's what changes our desires to the Spirit's desires. But we also know that the Bible tells us in Acts 2, 10, and 19, the chapters, and elsewhere in the New Testament, that there is another experience apart from the indwelling. And that's referred to as being baptized into Holy Spirit. That's something different than the indwelling. And we learn this in Acts, and, 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 and we learn it in other places as well. A lot of times this indwelling of Holy Spirit comes with speaking in tongues. We see that in the book of Acts, and we also have Paul teaching on it in 1 Corinthians as well. So if you desire more, if you desire baptism of Holy Spirit, the good gift that God has for us, then I want to encourage you, be persistent in prayer. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And here's something else. Listen to this. Jesus says you don't have to be afraid of Holy Spirit. You don't have to be afraid of Holy Spirit. Why? Because our good Father gives us good gifts. I made mention of that already. Another question you might have is why? Why does our good Father want us to receive this gift that I'm talking about, baptism of Holy Spirit? Well, I have a couple things here uh, in my notes, and, and, and there are several reasons why, and I'm just going to touch on a couple. I don't know if this is new teaching for you. We've taught on this before here at Connect. So if this is all new to you, just soak it in. This is really good stuff. First, number one, Holy Spirit helps us pray. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we just get to the point and we're just like, God, I don't even, I don't even know what to pray for anymore, God. Well, we read in Romans chapter 8, how Holy Spirit helps us in those times when we don't really know what to say. It says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I love that. That's awesome. So I can keep on praying in the Spirit, sometimes we call it, even when my words fail me. When I, when I just can't think about what to pray, Holy Spirit takes over and prays and, 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 and prays for us and with us. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. It's supernatural is what it is. It's a supernatural miracle that takes place in our lives. Number two, Holy Spirit gives us power. Like I said, 
we receive Holy Spirit at salvation. We have indwelling of Holy Spirit in our lives. So we are on the road of transformation. And so there's a measure of power that, that we have. But in Acts 1.8, we see, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And, and, and what this definition of power is, it's dunamis. It's the root word of our English word dynamite. So if you want to receive dynamite power in your life through Holy Spirit, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking I'm talking about dynamite power. It's power to proclaim. And we talked about this last week. Each one of us, once again, has the indwelling of the Spirit. So we are anointed to proclaim the good news just like Jesus was. We're, we're anointed to proclaim deliverance and healing in the favor of the Lord. That's the season we're in, folks, the favor of the Lord. We got power to proclaim that. But you want dynamite power? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's the power, extra power, to proclaim all of those things in our lives. Lastly, number three, Holy Spirit changes our desires. Like I said, the indwelling of the Spirit changes us from the inside out. We're transformed. We think differently now that we become Christians. Now that we're walking with Jesus, we think differently. And then as we think differently, we'll act differently, right? That's, that's the way it goes. We'll act differently. Our, his desires will become our desires. No longer will I be so self-focused and selfish in my life, but I'll be others-focused through the power of Holy Spirit. That's the indwelling. But here we see in Galatians Five and also uh, 16 through 17 and 22. So I say, let Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what your sinful natural desires are. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I love that part of Galatians. Those are the things that I want to desire to have developed in my life. Once I get into this relationship with Jesus, you could look at the, the antonyms of all those words, and that's what the world desires. And that's what we desired before we got into this relationship with Jesus. But now that we're in this relationship with Jesus, and we have Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, these are the things we're looking for. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those things are being developed as we seek after Jesus. You know, I talked earlier about desiring the gift, the baptism of Holy Spirit. And that's true. This should be a desire for each one of us. But whenever I talk about this subject, I tell people, don't seek the gift. Don't seek the gift. Desire it, but don't seek it. Seek the gift giver, which is Jesus. Because as we desire to be in a deeper relationship with Jesus, as we desire to have these things in Galatians played out in our lives more fervently in our lives as we grow and as we mature in our relationship with Jesus, then these other things come. So you can keep being persistent in prayer. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. 
Because that's a good thing, and Jesus teaches us to do that. It's awesome. You know, I have an illustration of an apple. I love apple trees. We have a couple in our backyard that went through a little bit of a tough time this year, and they haven't produced any apples. So we're looking forward to next year. I think it was the second freeze that kind of did it. I mean, the trees aren't dead, but there was no buds. Apple trees produce apples. We all know that, right? Apple trees produce apples. They don't stand around in the sun and go, apple, 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 apple. No. They stand around the sun. They're digging it. They're sucking up the water. They're loving life. Maybe some fertilizer. I don't know, some organic fertilizer that you might use at your house, right? And what's going to happen through the natural process? They're just going to produce apples. That's what's going to happen, right? Same thing in our lives. We're no different than that apple tree. These good things of Holy Spirit are going to be produced in your life as well. You don't have to sit around and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is going to be developed in your life. These fruit that I'm talking about. You know, some people say fruits of the Spirit, but I say fruit of the Spirit because all of these things work in, con- in concert with each other. All of those eight or nine or ten things, however many I mentioned, they all work together and they're all growing at different rates in our lives. So our good Father gives us a good gift called Holy Spirit. So what if I feel afraid? I talked about that a little bit earlier. What if I feel afraid? Because I don't fully understand this baptism of the Holy Spirit that you're talking about, and I, I just don't really know if it's for me. That's okay. It's okay to have questions. That's fine. But remember this. Holy Spirit never violates your free will. Holy Spirit has been defined as a gentleman. Never would would go against your free will. So don't be afraid of becoming one of those crazy TV preacher evangelists, okay? (laughs) That's not the way it works, all right? That was showmanship. Don't be afraid because the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside of you and give you that dynamite power. Don't be afraid of that God will say no to your prayer. What did Jesus say? Jesus just said, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. The gift of Holy Spirit is a promise and God wants to give us good gifts in our lives because that's who he is. He is a good gift giver. That's who God is. You know, I don't know why some people take more time to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what your experience has been in your life. I don't know. That's That's not my role. My role is to just teach what God's Word says. And then it's it's God's job to to make it happen. Don't be afraid, like I talked about, the, that it's of the devil, that the devil's going to re- deceive you. I've heard that, too, bef- you know, before, that the devil gets in there and tricks you. That's not, that's not biblical. That's not right. That, that's, that's people teaching out of fear is what that is. This promise comes from Jesus. You're not going to get a snake or a scorpion, or you're not going to get the devil. 
But don't take it from me. Take it from what Jesus says, because Jesus says it plainly in Luke as he's teaching us about prayer, teaching the disciples about prayer. He takes that opportunity. Remember, he just got done praying. He just got done spending time with the Father. And then we get right to this, and the disciples ask him how to pray, and he gives them a model for prayer. But then he goes on to teach them to desire Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. That's what that whole little thing is about. So don't forget that. Take it from Jesus. I'm going to ask the band to come forward. And I want each one of us just to spend a few moments in prayer. So everybody bow your head with me. I'm just going to pray over us as we move into the end of our teaching and, and get into just a, a prayer song. We're going to have a prayer song here in a second. But, but let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your teaching, first of all. And as we, as we look at it in context and, and really what Jesus was teaching about, it, it, was, it was twofold. He was teaching us a model of prayer that, that we need to incorporate into our lives. But then he took it one step further and, and he said, desire, desire the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so that's, that's what we're praying towards that end here today. That we keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And it's not about the gift. It, it's about the gift giver. It's Jesus, it's about you and, and, and developing our relationship so that, that we might be used by you to help affect others in our lives that we come in contact with. And so I just say thank you so much for your word and your teaching here today. And I also would pray that if there is still some questions, God, that you would answer those questions. I know I had questions early on as I was walking with you in those first couple years and, and understanding what baptism of the Holy Spirit was all about and, and really just understanding what it was like to tap into the power of Holy Spirit to help me in my life as a Christian. And so if there's questions, I pray that you will answer those questions. I just thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.